It's already November, and you know what that means. Turkey, mashed potatoes, and stuffing. But most importantly, getting ready for those Black Friday deals. And don't wait, because our friends at Renewal by Anderson are having a month-long Black Friday sale. From now until November 29th, buy one, get one 40% off. All windows, patio, and entry doors. $50 off each unit with zero money down, zero monthly payments, zero interest for two whole years. That's a crazy good savings. Don't pass up on this deal. Get your Black Friday savings in early by calling Jack Scott today at 440 6224. That's 440-226-6224. Again, this offer ends November 29th. And when I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Yeah. I need it. Metro Boomin wants some more. Cause I got a really big team and they need some really big rings. They need some really nice things. Better be coming with no strings. Better be coming with no strings. We need some really nice things. We need some really big rings. I got a really big team. And welcome back. This is a live edition here of the Feeling Dangerous Podcast Browns Preview Show. I am Tyler Johnson, joined by two of the crew tonight, Zach Franco and Jack Robinson. Gentlemen, how are we doing? How are we feeling? Uh, I'm actually feeling pretty good, considering that, you know, outside of Chubb and uh, Demetri Felton and uh, Andrew Billings, we basically have almost a full team for this game on Sunday. Andrew who? Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, man, ever since ever since uh, that COVID, you know, after he took himself out for that season last year, he just, I don't know, maybe just came back and was a step behind, and that was that. So Yeah, that whole thing, the whole Andrew Billings thing is weird to me because it looks like in Cincinnati he was a pretty good player. And I don't know, and I don't know if it necessarily was a scheme fit because I think we they don't run a um a three four they run a four three, so maybe mm-hmm. like you said maybe just that COVID season him being out for a year just wasn't good for him. That's the only yeah. thing I could think of. So, but mm-hmm. yeah, we'll get into that a little bit more. But of course, the Feeling Dangerous podcast is brought to you by Jack Scott Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's window and patio door experts for over 117 years and earned the JD Power Award for customer satisfaction. Just another reason to call Jack today at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. And this is your Browns preview show here on Saturday night. Of course, uh, not wearing Browns gear tonight. Have to rep Ohio State after a big Mm -hmm. win over Purdue. I, I feel like I feel like it's appropriate for that. So. That's what we're going to do. And um, as far as overall tomorrow now, the Browns are traveling to Foxborough to take on the Patriots where they have not won. Gentlemen, since 1992, the coach of the Cleveland Browns at that time was Bill Belichick. Billy Belichickers. Yeah. That was the last yeah. time the Cleveland Browns won at Foxborough. And the weather looks like it's going to be pretty good, uh, about 50 degrees and sunny. So it, it sh- the weather shouldn't be too bad. There are some players that are going to be missing from both teams that are pretty key here. It looks like Jamie Collins, former Brown, he will be missing the game uh, due to injury. He actually went on IR today, so he won't be available. This is a big one, though, for the Patriots. Damian Harris running back, and he is one of the, um, I believe, eighth in the NFL in rushing yards. He will be out against the Browns with concussion. Um, As far as um, Rondale Stevenson, we don't know about him yet, but he would be the guy who would start for Damian Harris. Um, if he is able to go, he's trying to clear concussion protocol as well. So mm. for, first off with the Patriots, those are the two big losses. How, how do you guys feel about those? Uh, Damian Harris is the big loss for me. I think that's actually – you never want guys to be hurt, but as far as something going in the Browns' favor, that's a positive for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, Damian Harris is a is a really talented back. He's had a really good season so far, and uh, he's only been getting better every single week. So to see him go out with a concussion is definitely a big blow to their offense, especially considering that he's such a big part of Mac Jones and Bill Belichick's philosophy of, you know, you know, going through your weeds and then if it's not there, quickly getting it to your back and giving uh giving him a chance to make some moves. I mean, without him, he, that kind of really, you know, narrows down their ability to run the ball and will give uh Mac Jones ability to, you know, go over the top on the secondary. Yeah, but I mean at the same time it could also like really, really play in the Browns benefit because as long as we can get the Mac Jones and rattle him. I, I I don't see why we can't, you know. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that oh, okay. it helps us. It helps us because okay. it makes it so that Mac Jones is going to have to throw the ball probably more than he would normally do under normal circumstances, and that gives us more chances to get to him. Okay, I got you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It it definitely would play in the Browns' favor. I mean, if Stevenson can't play, who is their next running back? Taylor, that JJ Taylor. Uh, Brandon JJ Taylor and Brandon Bolden. Brandon yeah. Bolden's yeah. kind of been the change of pace. He's yeah. kind of been the James yeah. White because they don't have James White. Which is which? I think that's a huge loss for them too. It's not having James mm. White. I mean, but he's been out pretty much most of the season there. So, Damian Harris is a huge loss for the Patriots. I mean, so far this season, he has 133 carries, 547 yards. He's averaging four yards a carry, but he's got seven touchdowns. And it's rare with the Patriots. This is first time in a long time I think that they've had a guy who's actually been the guy. Normally, the mm-hmm. Patriots are running back by committee. So, Damian Harris is a huge loss for a team that likes to run the ball 43% of the time, which is ninth in the NFL. So, yeah. and but but they only rush it at 3.9 yards per carry. So, that's 24th. I mean, Damian Harris is a huge loss. And I think that means you can pin your ears back, pin your uh, ears back on, uh, trying to stop Mac Jones in that offense. I think that gives Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney more opportunity there. Uh, but I want to talk about, for the Browns, of course, Nick Chubb and Demetrius Felton won't be playing due to COVID protocols. They are on the COVID list and were not activated for this game. But on the defensive side of the ball, a really big loss for the Browns. And a lot of fans might not necessarily think this way, but Tack McKinley is a huge loss for that defense. What do you guys think is that third defensive end? Well, yeah, I think I think just not being able to have an extra rotation player uh, and if we end up getting into long drives, not being able to, to rotate tack in there, get it, get some pressure in on the edge, maybe like rotate uh, Jadevi on inside, uh, you know, it, it limits what we can do. Obviously, we know that these guys are extremely talented, but they are human. They do need rest. And if we do end up going on like one, two long drives back to back, not having rotate, not having depth is always worse than having depth so it's always a, a, a to our disadvantage when someone like tack and his skill set goes out for a game mm-hmm. but on the bright side you know you get a player like jok back so oh, absolutely if he if I, is, is he activated for sunday he's for sure. been activated now what i'll say is i expect him to play we have it'll no idea limited. how much he'll actually play. yeah it'll, it'll probably be a little limited to ease himself back in but i, I mean i think about 15 20 snaps yeah keep, keep and, it light yeah but I mean, unless he shows early on that he can just, you know, not miss a step. But mm-hmm. yeah, so yeah, like it d- definitely is tough. Definitely is tough. And obviously, you know, with the release of Andrew Billings too, it, you know, it's just you lose technically two depth pieces. But Andrew Billings didn't really play a lot, so yeah, he did. Yeah, Andrew Billings. I don't think that's necessarily as much of a loss there, mm-hmm. just because yeah. he wasn't playing much to begin with. So. 
But as far as Tack McKinley's a big loss as that third defensive end because on third down now you can't bring him in, but put uh, Clowney at defensive tackle. So that I mean that kind of hurts there. I'm curious to see who that who that third defensive end will be if it'll be Joe Jackson or Adebo. I, I I'm not even gonna try and pronounce that name because I botch it every time. But I, I think you guys know who I'm talking about. Yeah, um, Adebo. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I know I'm saying that name completely wrong, but either way, one of those guys is going to be the third defensive end. So I'm really interested to see how the Browns, how Joe Woods does with that. If he is going to still go with that package on third down where he's putting three defensive ends out there and rushing the passer, or if he's going to, if we're going to see more Malik Jackson um, and just Malik McDowell on third down now, because mm-hmm. that third down package was exclusively for Tack McKinley, Jadavian Clowney, Malik McDowell, and Miles Garrett. So how do you, how yeah. do you think they end? How do you guys think they end up handling that? Are we going to see just more base, or do you think they're still going to roll out either Joe Jackson or or a Degbo and just put him out there in those three defensive end sets? I feel like they have to just kind of roll with what they already know and what they're used to. I, f- I think you don't want to get too far away from the from your from your, uh, from the things that you do like confidently, uh, even if some guys out because they always you, you know what they all say next man up mentality. Everyone should be proficient in what they're doing. So I think they're probably just going to roll with the same kind of. Uh, the same kind of scheme that they normally do on third and fourth downs and just, you know, be confident that the guys that are stepping up are going to step up and do their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I still believe, I think we're going to come out and some more press man and do blitzes from like the cornerbacks and stuff like that. And I don't know. I think Joe Woods is slowly and surely like trusting in his guys more on this defense now that we're kind of, you know, working our way through the season and getting more comfortable. So, I don't know. I think this Browns defense is it's really going to start just picking up more more and more. So I, I don't really have an issue. I don't think we're going to really kind of like slide back at all. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I definitely think it's going to limit us on certain packages and what we want to do on the defensive uh, line front. But I don't think it's going to slow us down all too much. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think it will either. I just know when Miles, I mean, goes out to get his breather, not being able to put in Tech McKinley there, it, it hurts a little bit. But at the mm. same time, I think that that's when you can send guys on blitzes. You can bring JOK in um, to blitz the quarterback as well. But send Troy Hill on those blitzes. Send Grant Delpit, on, Grant Delpit on those blitzes. You can send guys in there to make up for that. I mean, again, you're playing a rookie quarterback. And I want to get into Mac Jones a little bit, Zach, because you and I are very critical of him during the draft process, mm. saying that we think he would be the bust from this draft class. Well, yeah. so far this year, you could argue he's been the best quarterback from this draft <laughs> class. He's got 68% uh, percent completion percentage, tw- um, 2,100 yards passing. He, he averages about seven yards per attempt, so that's a little low. I mean, you kind of expect that from a rookie. But he's got 10 touchdowns, seven interceptions. That's very solid. He's been sacked 17 times and has a quarterback rating of 89.8. So mm. Mac Jones has been very solid this year. Guys, what are your thoughts on Mac Jones as a rookie so far to start the season? Uh, I think he is exactly who I think a lot of people thought he was going to be in that he's going to be kind of like a Tom Brady light in the way that he is very good at managing the offense. Bill Belichick isn't really making him do anything crazy. Uh, He's kind of just having him sit back there, get the ball out really quick. Uh, you know, get get the passes out to, to guys, you know, where, where they are supposed to be. Uh, he, he's not a world breaker. He's not a world beater. He's not going to do anything crazy, but he's going to, you know, basically – play the offense the way that it's supposed to be played, the, the way that Bill Belichick wants it to be played. Uh, and he's really efficient at doing that so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, definitely it shocked me, man. I, my, my biggest thing coming out was 
I mean, I just don't trust Alabama quarterbacks mm-hmm. for some reason, some way. Like they just don't really pan out as much in the NFL. But now Bill Belichick's really he he got his guy. You can tell. You know, he was comfortable releasing Cam Newton early on, and yeah. So it's just all it's all came for us full circle right back at me and Tyler. So. Yeah, I, I, I've been critical of him, but he's played very well so far. New England is 10th in the NFL in points per game, believe it or not, at 25.6. That was kind of interesting to me. Yards per game, they're a lot lower. They're only at 345.6, which is 19th. But with not having Damien Harris, I really believe that's going to make a huge difference because he is, I would argue, the best player on this offense outside mm-hmm. of their tight ends, Hunter Henry and John Smith, who they brought in in the offseason. But yeah. the wide receivers, they're nothing that's going to – it's not Cincinnati at wide receiver by any means no. necessary. I mean, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, those are the main three. And then Nikhil Harry sometimes gets some run out there as well. But Jacoby Myers is their leading receiver. He's got 46 catches for 434 yards. He has no touchdowns, though. The New England receivers, um, Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar, they only have four touchdowns. And after that, there's not another receiver with a touchdown. So it goes through the tight ends, mainly Hunter Henry, especially in the red zone. Hunter Henry's got 27 catches, 316 yards, five touchdowns. And then John Smith, he's he's got one touchdown, 193 yards. So the tight ends are what make it go in New England. I, I think we remember that very well from Brady and Gronk. This mm. is not the same by any means, but that's where they're trying to get the balls to those tight ends. And I think mm. they don't even have John Smith this weekend. I'm pretty sure that he's been ruled out. I think I could be wrong, but I thought I saw something saying that John Smith was ruled out. Okay. Well, that's, that's big then too. I, I'm, I'm going to look into that, but uh, yeah, John Smith, Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry has always been a guy who's, I, I think he's always been pretty solid. I was surprised to see him leave new England, but I think just the contract he got, it just made it to where, um, they couldn't afford to keep them at this point. Mm-hmm. So, but Johnny Smith's kind of been kind of been a little bit of a bust, I would say, given the contract that he's making. So the New England offense, very it, it is solid. What would you guys do if you're Joe Woods to contain <laughs> to contain Mac Jones and not let him get comfortable in the pocket? What would you guys do on defense? You got to blitz him. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, this is this this is this is something that I think he should be able to figure out by now. I mean, he's played a, like a rookie quarterback this year. Uh, yeah, a rookie quarterback this year, and he knows that if you blitz rookie quarterbacks, you know their run game established because obviously without Damian Harris, it's going to be harder for them to establish their run game. Uh, you can really get them off to off time off target. You can, you, you could force sacks, you can force mistakes. And that's really what, what they got to do early and often is, is blitz and get Mac Jones kind of, you know, unstable, not let him get comfortable in the pocket. Mm. I agree with you, man. I, I do because when you have a rookie quarterback out there, you have to blitz. We did it against Justin Fields and this is not the same team. Like that, let's get that straight. I'm not comparing the two, but they're both rookie quarterbacks. You have to send blitzes at them. Joe Woods did a very good job against uh, Justin Fields in that situation. And Mac Jones does not have the mobility that Justin Fields possesses. And real quick, um, Jack, I was able to find the injury report. So right now it's questionable. Johnny Smith is questionable. So Mm -hmm. it's Kyle Van Noy, uh, Jalen Mills, Shaq Mason, Donta Hightower, Nikhil Hare. I mean, they have a lot of guys. And their even their kicker and punter are both questionable. Okay, so, I, I must I must have misread maybe a practice thing where he was maybe limited at practice, and I thought it said it was out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, no worries. No worries. I mean, yeah. he has missed time earlier this year with that with an injury, so I can I can understand that. But the New England New England Patriots, their injury report for the first time, I saw a team that had an injury report longer than the Browns <laughs> <laughs> for the for the first time all season. I saw it. <laughs> well, it's kind of it's kind of funny. The Browns are like all the players are kind of coming back right before the bye week too, so it's, it's kind of perfect timing. It, it it is perfect timing and. As far as in the receiver game, I I don't know about you guys, but I did see that Joe Woods, it looks like he's starting to trust his corners more with going man-to-man because Mm -hmm. he knows that's his strength. It's another way of evolving as a defensive coordinator because, Jack, I know you've been the most critical of them throughout the season, but you have to admit, as the the season's going on here and he's getting used to the personnel he has, remember, this is only his second year being a defensive coordinator. It seems Mm -hmm. like Joe Woods is starting to really learn um, about his players and playing to their strengths on defense. Do you agree with that? Yes, and I, and I'm so happy. See, I never wanted. I don't want to be mad at at Joe Woods. It, I was mad at him because I was frustrated because I knew that you know he had, he had uh, a lot of success. Uh, you know, being a coordinator in other places, we he he had the talent. You know, this year at the beginning, and he had the whole year last year to kind of you know maybe get go through his paces as a first, as a first time defensive coordinator. So I was expecting it to be much quicker, but obviously it took a little longer. There were a little bit of ups and downs, especially considering injury. But now that everyone's getting back, now that he's able to maybe see how these guys work to- together, he's able to actually put them into schemes that benefit their strengths. So I don't, I don't have anything to bad, bad to say about Joe Woods. If he keeps, you know, up what he's doing. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that Jack, but, uh, <laughs> what? What do you get? Well, what? what? Come on, Jack. Uh, I mean, Zach. What do you have to say? I'm just saying. I mean, when you said you knew, you know, like, oh, I, I was mad because I knew. Like, oh, okay. You're one. Of, you're being that guy, huh? Wait, what? That you, 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 you're saying you're trying to say like, oh, I knew he could be a way better defensive coordinator. <laughs> well, I mean, it, when you put a defensive coordinator <laughs> who has high ratings and and he he was recommended by a lot of people uh, mm-hmm. on other teams who said that this guy's a really good coach, he's really good at what he does, and then he comes over and you give him guys like Miles Garrett and Denzel Ward, yeah. and then you draft guys like Greg Newsom and JOK, and then you give up forty-seven points to the Chargers. <laughs> or you, you give up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter against Kansas City, then I start to question what you're doing. And I start mm-hmm. to say, what the heck are you doing? Why, why, are we, why are we not performing to where we should? But now, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, with, with, through injuries and through a couple of games, he's, he's obviously tightened up. I mean, he's had three games where the team has scored less than 20 points. I can't really knock him for anything in those games at all. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think he's just learning to finally let his, his cornerbacks play man coverage, man. Yeah, like he's, he's learning to he's, he's learning yeah. to blitz. Yeah, he's, he's he's starting to. I think he was a little bit tep, tepid uh, tepid at the beginning. He didn't know exactly how much like free lane he should give his his guys. But now I think he he has a lot more trust in them. He's willing to just like say, okay, I know that this is the right play. Let's blitz. Let's drop mm-hmm. the guys back into man coverage and and you know just let them do their thing. Yeah, yeah, and I, he's he was definitely timid at the beginning of the season. He was learning new personnel, but. It's hard to argue right now with this Browns defense. I mean, you're giving up 21.8 points per game. That's 10th in the NFL. Um, Opposing yards is 309.7. That's third. I mean, yards per play is third in the NFL, too, at 5.1. And even though the Browns have been criticized for this a lot so far on defense, their third down and fourth down percentage is actually getting a lot better. Um, It's now a 41.8 conversion rate. That's 23rd, but we were in last. 
So mm-hmm. the last couple of re- weeks we've improved there. And then fourth down, I mean, we were in last there. Now we're at fit, t- teams are converting at 53%, which is 19th. So the Browns are definitely getting better on the defensive side of the ball. And that has to do with letting your corners play to their strengths. It's obvious that Greedy Williams, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, all these guys are better in press man-to-man. And if that's the case, that's what you got to do. You have to play to your player strengths. Because I can tell you right now, and this isn't a knock against New England's receivers, you should be pressing these guys every single play. Let your linebackers, let JOK, let your safe, let John yep. Johnson, let them worry about Hunter Henry and John New Smith. Just lock down the wide receivers because mm-hmm. I have to admit that's – Right now, the tight ends are the biggest worry for me for New England in the passing game, besides getting Brandon Bolden or J.J. Taylor involved a little bit more. Yeah. So I think that's what you have to do. Just play them straight up, man. And I think yeah. you're going to be very successful on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, I mean, especially after what you saw them do to the Bengals. You, you, you can't go out there and be like, okay, after what they did to that wide receiver group, we can't do that to the Patriots wide receiver group. Like, there's no way Joe Woods is just going to come out now and just go straight zones. And Yeah, let's not play scared against J- yes, Jacoby Myers please. and Nelson Aguilar. <laughs> please. <laughs> and and something, too, that I, I think is very interesting is that the Browns currently, I, I, it, it's hard to argue. I mean, even though we've had a lot of injuries in the secondary, it, with passing yards per game, they've only given up 224.9 which ranks ninth in the NFL. I mean, this is a good group, and I'm telling you, they're starting to hit their stride at the right time. New England, uh, obviously we have Detroit at home next weekend. This is a team that can really start getting it going on the defensive side of the ball. Uh-huh. And Absolutely. It, so as far as that goes, it looks like we're going to be good on the defensive side besides losing Tack McKinley. The Browns are a pretty healthy team right now. You can make the argument we're as healthy as we've been all year besides, I mean, some guys on the COVID list. So that's another positive going up to New England. Mm. And now comparing the Browns offense to the Patriots defense, this is where New England's defense, they don't have the big names, but they're just well coached and they play very well on the defensive side of the ball. They're fourth in points per game given up, 18.9. So they're very good on the defense, at least we're giving up points. Yards, about 340.3. So that's ninth in the league, and then um, on top of that, they do give they uh, give up the least amount of touch. Well, third least amount of touchdowns. They only give up about two point one per game. So this is a team they're very solid. Again, they don't really have the names on defense. J.C. Jackson, I'd make the arguments one of the best up and coming corners in the league, leading the NFL, one of the top in the NFL in interceptions. Still have Devin McCourty, Kyle Van Noy is back. Jamie Collins won't be playing. But uh, Matthew Judon, you guys remember that name, don't you, from Baltimore? Oh, yeah. Lead, yep. lead nine sacks for the Patriots. So yeah. this is a team, guys, on the defensive side of the ball. They don't have the names, but they're well coached. So how do you feel about that New England defense going into tomorrow? Uh, I, I mean, the New England defense seems to be like the one thing that it's almost always constantly at least good. It's all because Bill Belichick, he always finds guys who are willing to just basically play, play the scheme to the, to the letter, do exactly what they need to do. They're really good at, at getting pressure, especially now that they have Matt Judon. Uh, we all know that he was, you know, obviously a really big part of that defensive line in Baltimore um, for a while. And I mean, really that, 
the, the fact of the matter is, is that they've been shutting down really good offenses. That, uh, like, I mean, they played the Dallas Cowboys. They were able to, to slow them down pretty effectively. Uh, obviously, they didn't end up winning that game, but still they were able to hold them to at least take them to overtime, which is not something a lot of other teams can say. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, this this is a defense that I think a lot of people are, are maybe underestimating, maybe just because they aren't watching the the, the Patriots. And I think that the, the Browns definitely have their uh, have their work cut out for them. Uh, on Sunday, but I do think that that there are some things that we can manipulate to maybe try to to get above two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, and obviously, you know, this this is going to be like a crazy battle of the minds, right? You got Stefanski and Belichick, so you you really like Baker even said in this press conference, you never know what uh, Bill Belichick is going to throw your way. So it's definitely going to be a fun game to watch. I think Baker has seriously like. Again, not, not even just because of OB, the OBJ situation, but Baker's that's getting more and more comfortable in the system. Last week, he was just he looked he looked like the Baker we knew he could be. So I feel like if if Baker can really you know strategically get into you know a good rhythm, I think I think it'll be fine to you know go off against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Man, I really feel like the Browns can pull it off. Yeah, yeah, I do too. And um, really, I, this is where I. I am right now. If you can slow down Matthew Judon, I think you're going to be very successful in offense. He has nine sacks, and outside of that, pretty much nobody. I mean, you've jo- Josh mm-hmm. Gucci, uh, he has three. That's the next closest guy, and a couple of guys have one or half a sack. So this is not a team that's really getting after the quarterback that well. Christian Barmore is another guy to watch out for in that defensive line. Uh, I know we were connected with him in the NFL draft, the defensive tackle of Alabama, but he's really been coming on for New England lately, and Belichick loves his Alabama players. So another guy to watch on defense. Also, though, Kyle Duggar, uh, he's a guy who kind of plays a hybrid role. Uh, They like to play a lot of three safeties in New England, so that's something to keep an eye eye on as well. New England doesn't have, again, guys, they don't have the star power that the Browns have and a lot of other defenses in the NFL top defenses might have they just have good coaching Steve Belichick is a great defensive coordinator Bill's son Mm -hmm. he knows exactly what he's doing and might take over for his dad one day as head coach in New England (laughs) I mean for all we know but it's going to be a battle on Sunday you have to control it in the trenches this is good this is gonna really show where the Browns are at because we got bullied against Pittsburgh New England's very similar with their defensive line and uh, you just you cannot get bullied against them yeah. So that I think that's going to be very important there for sure. But for the Browns on the offensive side of the ball, Baker Mayfield, he's only going to have Dearness Johnson pretty much, and Brian Hill, and maybe Johnny Stanton and Andy Janovich if they run the ball. So you're down Nick Chubb, you're down Demetrius Felton, you're down Kareem Hunt. As far as at the wide receiver position, it looks like you're all healthy there. Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, Odell Beckham Jr. I, my apologies. <laughs> that, that's funny, that's oh? funny. <laughs> that'll be the only other time we mention him on this podcast don't worry uh jarvis landry austin hooper richard higgins uh alex van pelt said sounds like they're gonna try and get him involved a little bit more mm. so i'm yeah. curious to see how much he gets the ball but on offense what are you guys looking for on sunday you're without nick chubb kareem hunt um Demetric felton so you, you know dearness johnson can carry the load but is this a game where we're gonna see baker throw a lot more how do you guys feel about that, Zach? How do you feel? I, I don't know. I don't know if I feel that way because, I mean, we saw what Dearness Johnson could do when he got the chance on that Thursday night game. Obviously, we're not going against Denver. I mean, no shot at Denver, but I mean, obviously, 
the Patriots are a more well-coached football team. But I don't know. I really feel like this isn't going to have to be a game where it's still put in Baker's hands. You got two – the offense line where two of your guys just got an extension. So I feel like it's just going to be a game where, you know, you go out there and nothing's got to change. Just get through with what you got and go out there and get the victory. Yeah, I, I don't think that, that there's going to be any particularly big uh, scheme change. I don't think that they're going to really put a lot of onus on Baker to to really you know push the ball down the field. I don't really think that 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 this game is going to to require that. Uh, if anything, I think that they're going to try to maybe use uh, either either Dearness Johnson or one of our other running backs in the pass game a lot more. Uh, the the Patriots actually are really uh, are really susceptible to. Uh, to 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 running backs getting past the ball out of the backfield, they, they're giving up almost ten yards per attempt whenever they are, are catching the ball out of the backfield. So I mean, if if you can use that, even use the screens. I mean, we all know how much uh, Kevin Stefanski loves using screen passes to his running backs. If mm-hmm. we can use stuff like that to just get get some quick easy yards, I mean, the the Patriots are giving up almost like seventy yards per game just to screen passes to running backs. So I mean, if we can just utilize that, plus the fact that we have probably the best pulling guard in the in the NFL. I mean, I, I think that we can see a lot of success just, you know, using this the scheme that we already are, you know, used to and also maybe just utilizing the running backs in the passing game more. This would be a game where it was brought up that they could possibly line him up in the backfield a little bit more. I could see Jarvis Landry lining up in the backfield and getting mm-hmm. some catches off of that. I mean, because now they are pretty they are not very good when it comes to defending running backs in the past game. Jarvis Landry's not a running back, but you put him in the backfield, he's going to cause some issues uh, for New England there. It's well, actually, to- I actually also heard that that apparently just in case Dearness Johnson were to get hurt or get COVID, that Jarvis was actually <laughs> taking uh, reps at running back just in case That's something wrong. bad happened. Uh, so, I mean, hey, they, they could easily put him back there just to, you know, maybe just screw, screw it, like mess up the, the the secondary of the Patriots and just, you know, get them off balance a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, guys, if you if you have any questions, feel free to send them in the chat and you can also interact um, as well. Just use the hashtag FDP on Twitter with any questions or comments you might have and we'll read them on the show as well. And you can follow us at, F- at FD Podcast CLE. For me, I think that they are going to use Dearness Johnson a lot in this game. He's going to get the majority of the carries. He showed he can handle the load against Denver. And I think that was a big deal, not just for the future of whatever Dearness Johnson's career is in Cleveland or with another team, but just showing that if we have injuries, you don't need to call Todd Gurley. You didn't need to call Adrian Peterson. You have a guy here who can carry that load for you. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really big deal that you're able to have that. But this is the game I would love to see Anthony Schwartz get a deep ball. I'd love to see them connect on a deep ball. I, I think once Anthony Schwartz really has a game where he gets a couple catches under him, I think he's going to really start coming along as a player because he's slowly getting better each week. And I think it, he just needs a DPJ type of game that we saw last year for him to really get on track. Where are you guys? How do you guys feel about Anthony Schwartz right now in the passing game? I would love to see them utilize Anthony Schwartz a lot more. I mean, even even I would like to see him maybe used in some screen uh, or into some jet sweeps, like mm-hmm. maybe a bubble screen. Uh, I mean, just get 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 the guy the ball, let him try to use his his elite speed to try to like get past some guys. I mean, if we're gonna use you know Deanna's Johnson or another one of our running backs on a screen play, we might as well put Anthony Schwartz in there and just see what he can do. Uh, I mean, he's he's not really getting utilized that much, which I mean, no no wide receiver in our in our. Uh, 
on our team is getting utilized that much. So, I mean, you can't really say you're surprised, but I would love to see him, you know, maybe get, get some more chances down the sideline or just, you know, like breaking past his guy to get, just get a chance to get the ball all the way down the field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think you have to find a way we haven't really been able to connect on it yet. I'd love to see him get a reverse and be able to get some yards off that. You have to find a way to get your guys who have speed with some r- running room and space. And I think this is a game where you might be able to do that. The new England defense though, very sound. You just, you have to watch out for Kyle Duggars, their leading tackler. He's got 56 tackles this year, but JC Jackson got five interceptions already. So you have to know where he is on the field. First and foremost, where do you think Baker's health is at right now? The reason I asked that, he was limited um, earlier in the week with a a sore foot. Um, He still has a shoulder injury. So where are you guys at with his health right now? How do you feel about, like, just him continuing to play with all these injuries? Um, I mean, it's it's a foot injury. I'm not exactly sure if they've released anything about its severity. I know that he had a lot of discomfort uh, on Thursday. At least that was the last I, I'd heard anything particularly in depth about it. But uh, I, I'm not super worried about it as long as it's not some sort of like lingering issue with that that is going to require any extra surgery or could possibly lead to some some long-term damage or anything like that. I think it's mostly just you know just the nicks and and bruises that you get over the course of the NFL season. Um, as long as Baker thinks that he's capable of playing and as long as it doesn't affect his ability to throw the ball, I, I'm not really that worried about it. Yeah, it looks like from, from what I was able to see, so he was limited this week until Friday. He was a full, um, he practiced fully. So there were no issues there, but he didn't even, I don't even think he threw on Wednesday. So I just thought that was a little interesting to me. Hmm. Uh, and he, when he did throw, it was wrapped up pretty heavily. He says it's just a sore foot, but I don't know, man. I'm hoping it's not. I, I really mm. am. It makes you a little nervous. At this, I mean, he's going to play regardless. I've already assumed. His, he can get his foot cut off, and he's still going to play no matter what. Well, you know what? That's why you sign your two guards to big deals that, so that he doesn't have to worry about moving too much. Okay, He can just stand there in the pocket. He doesn't have to worry about running for his life <laughs> or getting sacked. Exactly. exactly. We're going to – we're going to break down the signings of Joel, Joel Petonio and Wyatt Teller um, on when we meet with you guys again on Tuesday night. Want to break those down a little bit more um, to discuss the ramifications for what that could mean. Because there are some, believe it or not, some people think, oh, that means we might not sign Baker long term. Well, uh, news alert, that's not the case. So, But anyway, uh, going into Foxborough, it's going to be a 1 o'clock kickoff. Finally, don't have Jim Nance and Tony Romo on the call. So, Jack, what are your keys to the game to come out with a win for the Browns tomorrow night? Tomorrow. Well, we got to shut down just whatever one game they have. I don't know who they're going to be be you know rolling out there, whether it's JJ Taylor or Brandon Bo- uh Brandon. Uh, I forget his last name, honestly. Brandon Bolden or Brandon Rock, Bolden. Or that's yeah. Stevenson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if, if we just have to make sure that those guys do not get anything started, because I think if we take away their run game or at least limit its effectiveness, it's going to open up a lot of opportunities for Miles and Jadeveon and our entire defensive line to start really putting it on Mac. And, you know, hopefully they can force him to make mistakes. I think this is going to be a game where the defense comes out and is really going to have to set the tone for how this confident in the offense being able to get something done, but the defense is really going to have to step up and make sure that Mac Jones does not stay on the field for very long. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I was listening to uh, the OBR's uh, Twitch. They were previewing the game as well. Shout out to the OBR. Um, but Fred Greetham was talking about this game reminds him a little bit of the Denver Broncos game. Mm-hmm. You were you were down some key players, and the defense needed to come out and really just show up. So, would you would you guys would you agree with that, Zach? Do you think this is a game where the defense really needs to take charge, or is it more so the the offense leading the way? I think every week the defense needs to take charge because it it showed. I mean, Cincinnati was driving down the field on that first drive, and then after that interception, they drove down again. But it's like once once this team can make a big stop and get momentum. The whole team just rallies behind them, so I feel like yeah, if this if this is the game where the defense steps up and lets the offense just go to work, get up a few scores, you do that on a consistent basis, the Browns could be unstoppable. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I mean, I agree with you. This defense has to come out and be ready to go tomorrow. Miles Garrett was limit. Well, he didn't practice really until yesterday, but it looks like that could have just been maintenance. I mean, for maintenance reasons, because he was full go on Friday and looked to be himself. So Miles Garrett should be good to go. Defense, just contain the run game. Again, no Damian Harris is really big for the Patriots, regardless if Stevenson plays or not. Uh, not having Damian Harris, one of the top one of the top 10 rushers in the league, that's a huge loss. For Mac Jones, just pressure him on defense. And on the offensive side of the ball, you got to take your shots when they're available. We saw it against Cincinnati. There were a couple times you could see that they were lining up for that off that play action. If you can get one or two of those against the Patriots, it's going to really set up um, a good day for Baker Mayfield as well. And Dearness Johnson, uh, just continue to do your thing. and get. I want to see him get involved in the passing game a little bit. That's something I believe he can catch the ball, but do you guys recall where he's really ever been involved in the passing game whenever we've seen him play? No, no. Yeah, so so I want to see Dearness Johnson get involved a lot more tomorrow as well. And predictions for the game. Zach, I'm going to start with you. After – it'll be a, probably about 4.15, 4.30 on Sunday afternoon. Are the Browns going to come out of Foxborough with their first win since 1992? I think we are, man. I think we are. I think we're going to start sending messages now to the league that, you know, we, we have a team that's focused on winning week, week to week and a team that's ready to make a – good run for the playoffs i got are we doing score predictions correct yes correct yeah all right i got i got browns 30 i got patriots 17 okay all right jack who, who do you have uh i i think that this is going to be again kind of a grinded out kind of game i think this is going to be a defensive battle i do i do think that the browns just have way more offensive talent they have a better offensive line and i think they have a better defense i just think that we're better in every way but it's still probably going to be a little bit grindy just because of the fact that we are, you know, not, we don't have our best running, running back. So I I'm, I'm going to say that it's going to be a little bit closer than I think a lot of people think, but I think it's going to be 24 to 14. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm with that 10 point margin as well. Pete, what's your score for tomorrow? My score for my score for tomorrow. I'm going, uh, well, I, th- well, I think, I think the fact that the weather is not going to be, um, I think the fact that the weather is not going to be as bad as it was today here in uh, here in New England, I think that's going to benefit Baker Mayfield. Um, you know, of the two quarterbacks, I think that's going to benefit Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield is going to come out throw, throwing the ball deep, trying some, uh, you know, trying some uh, maybe some risky throws, but I think those will pay off in the end. And I think the Browns, I think the Browns are probably going to win this game. By a score of, I'm going, 
31 to 24. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty close because any team that's coached by Bill, uh, you know, by Bill Belichick, excuse me, plays very, you know, plays very hard till the end. But I think Mm -hmm. the Browns are going to get a seven point win here. But, but, uh, you know, because the Patriots are, you know, the Patriots only have one win at home this year, if I'm, if I'm correct. So, um, you know, so that, so that's so that's something to keep in mind. They haven't had much success at home this year, but any team, um, any team that's coached by B- Bill Bill Belichick, excuse me, has a great chance. So I'm going to go 31 to 24. Yeah, and and of course, even though the Patriots haven't had much success at home this year, the Browns haven't won there since 1992. But yep. it's going to be a it is going to be a close game. It's going to be a, a grind grind type of a game. But the weather's not going to be much of a factor, so that's going to be really good for the passing game because overall Foxborough is normally just a tough place to play due to the weather. But I think the Browns are going to win 27-17. to 17. It's going to be a close game. You're going to see a couple field goals. But the Browns are going to have to control, control the ball in this game, limit the amount of times Mac Jones has the ball, and when he does, just blitz the kid and blitz him and blitz him. Make his life miserable mm-hmm. like you did for Justin Fields. Again, I compare the two. And but the reason I do that is because they're both rookie quarterbacks. So yep. you, you just you have to do that against rookie quarterbacks. And by the time the Browns get done tomorrow, they will win for the first time in Foxborough since 1992. Let's go. So that's what that's where we're at right now. And score uh, though. Score. Huh? I need to score. 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 Oh, I, I thought I said that. I said 27-17. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I thought I'd said it, but <laughs> say it again. I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, be sure um you can follow the crew on Twitter. You can follow Zach at ZachNoah52. You can follow Jack at um VLEF underscore. You can follow the producer Peter Nab on Facebook, just at Peter Nab. Yep. Follow the show on um Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FD Podcast CLE. Remember, you can listen to the Feeling Dangerous podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And we are also available on iHeartRadio if you choose to stream the show there as well. <clears throat> and remember, if you need the best in replacement windows, be sure to call Jack Scott today at Renewal by Anderson because they have been Ohio's window replacement experts for over 117 years. So be sure to call Jack today for a free consultation at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. We're the Feeling Dangerous Podcast, and we will talk to you all soon. Thank you for tuning in. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous.